the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Individually, men are inclined to tell the truth only when it serves their own personal benefit or interest. And what Jesus does in this passage is to set forth the original Mosaic teaching, and then the traditional distortion, the rabbinic teaching, and then he restates God's original intent. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Verse by Verse, a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely, and he starts a three-part series today on the power of words. You'll be in the book of Matthew in just a moment if you'd like to follow along. If you'd like more information about Church of the Highlands, for instance, their service times, and how you can get to the church and other ministries available, you'll find them all on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'll invite you to take your Bibles and open to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be continuing a message series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So we're in Matthew chapter 5 and we're looking at verses 33 and following. And I've entitled this message, Word Power. You know, we're living in a time when millions of dollars are being spent in trying to achieve greater success, greater influence, and greater independence in living. People think that if they can just expand their vocabulary, or learn some new power words, or learn how to put them in the right order, right actively instead of passively, then they can become more powerful people. You know, the secret to powerful words is very simple. And although people spend a lot of money to know what that secret is, I'm going to tell you what it is right now, free. It's called telling the truth. Always telling the truth. Say what you mean, mean what you say. You just got the short course on an all-day lecture. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. Now, there's a story that's found in a book entitled God's Little Devotional Book for Men. It's the story of Rosalie Elliott, and the story is entitled Honors Better Than Honors. It reads as thus. The moment was a tense one. Rosalie Elliott had made it to the fourth round of a national spelling contest in Washington. The 11-year-old from South Carolina had been asked to spell the word avowal. In her soft southern accent, she spelled the word, but the judges were not able to determine if she'd used an A or an E as the next to the last letter. They debated among themselves for several minutes as they listened to the tape recordings. The crucial letter, however, was too accent-blurred to decipher. And finally, the chief judge put the question to the only person who really knew the answer. Uh, Rosalie, was that an A or was it an E? Now, by this time, surrounded by the whispering of other young spellers, Rosalie knew the correct spelling of the word. Still, without hesitation, she replied that she had misspelled the word and she walked from the stage. The entire audience stood and applauded, including some 50 newspaper reporters, and the moment was a proud one for her parents. Even in defeat, she was a victor. In fact, more has been written about Rosalie Elliott over the years than the unknown winner of that event. Being a person of truth, even when it is against us, will bring great honor. Now, one wonders if in our current cultural climate, Rosalie might have been applauded or rather scoffed at for being such a fool as to tell the truth. 
Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 and following. Again, you've heard Jesus speaking. That it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now, the application of this particular passage to contemporary society is so manifest, it hardly requires much illustration. We're living in a nation that has traveled far from its Puritan pilgrim roots. The very concept of truth has mutated from telling the truth to not getting caught in a lie. Someone sent me an email this week. It's kind of a humorous anecdote on modern culture's concept of telling the truth. Interaction between a father and a son. Dad said, son, come here, we need to talk. What's up, Dad? Well, son, there's a scratch down the side of the car. Did you do it? Well, Dad, I don't believe if I understand the definition of scratch the car that I can say truthfully that I scratched the car. Well, son, it wasn't there yesterday, and you drove the car last night, and no one else has driven it since. How can you explain the scratch? Well, Dad, as I've said before, I have no recollection of scratching the car. While it is true that I did take the car out last night, I did not scratch it. Well, son... Your sister, Monica, has told me she saw you back the car against the mailbox at the end of the driveway, heard a loud scratching sound, said you got out, examined the car, then drive away. So again, I'm going to ask you, yes or no, did you or did you not scratch the car? Oh, you mean you think you have evidence to prove that I scratched it? Well, you see, I understood you to mean, did I... Scratch the car. I stand by my earlier statement that I did not scratch the car. Son, are you trying to tell me that you did not drive the car into the mailbox? Ah, well, Dad, uh, you see, I was trying to drive the car into the street. I I mishandled the steering of the car. It resulted in direct contact with the mailbox, although that was clearly not my intent. Ah, so you are admitting that you hit the mailbox. No, sir, that's not my statement. I will refer you back to my original statement that I did not scratch the car. But son, the car hit the mailbox. The car did get scratched as a result of this contact. Well, Dad, I suppose you could look at it that way. Well, so you lied to me when you said you did not scratch the car. No, Dad, that's not correct. Your question was, did I scratch the car? From a strictly legal definition, as I understand the meaning of that sentence, I did not scratch the car. The mailbox did. I was merely present when the scratching occurred. So my answer of no when you asked, did I scratch the car, was legally correct, although I didn't volunteer information. And the story continues on. You know, credibility gaps are not a recent phenomenon. Lying and deceit has existed from the very beginning of mankind. When he was confronted about his disobedience in the garden, Adam's response was misleading. Uh, When he was confronted about his brother Abel's whereabouts, Cain's response was deceitful. Abraham, the great father of our faith, used deceit whenever he thought it was to his personal benefit. Isaac and Jacob followed Abraham's example on numerous occasions. The sons of Jacob lied to their father concerning the disappearance of Joseph. Dad, we think a wild animal must have taken him. And Joseph used deceit to determine whether his brothers were trustworthy before he revealed his true identity. 
And the Bible is full of even godly men utilizing lying and deceit as tools. The practice of lying and deceit continues today. Business people, advertisers, salespeople, commentators, news reporters, lawyers, doctors, tradesmen, teachers, writers, clerks, politicians, and even some, if not most, ministers are suspect. Deceitfulness is a part of the very makeup of mankind. You know, folks, I did not have to teach my children how to lie. I I never recall ever having a conversation like this. Son, I I need to talk with you. You've come of age now, and I need to teach you a new skill set that you're going to need for being able to live a productive life. Now, son, it's called lying, and it works like this. Now, Daddy's not very good at it, but if you want to see an excellent model of someone who knows how to lie, you need to look at Pastor So-and-so. Never had this conversation. Because I didn't have to teach my children how to lie. It just comes naturally. We're working on teaching them how to tell the truth, which doesn't quite come so naturally. You know, our whole cultural climate, politics, government, educational system, business, science, newspapers, television, even family life, is built on foundations of falsehood and outright lies, so much so that if the whole truth were to be revealed all at once, society as we now know it would disintegrate altogether. We tell white lies, half-truths, shade the truth, exaggerate, flatter, cheat, fail to keep our promises, betray confidences, and give excuses as a common part of our daily routine. You know, even in the most corrupt of societies, there's a a recognition that truthfulness, at least in some areas, is essential to maintain the fabric of that society. Organized crime uses deceit as their stock in trade. But they severely punish one of their members who uses deceit within the organization. You know, if a dealer lies to his drug kingpin, he's quite liable to find himself taking a long walk off a short pier, clad in concrete slippers. The justice system requires witnesses to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Why? Because true justice is impossible without truth. And that's why perjury carries with it such severe penalties, unless, of course, someone is outside of the law or outside of its application. The Roman orator Cicero once declared, truth is the highest thing a man may experience. Daniel Webster wrote, there is nothing as powerful as truth, and often nothing so strange. Individually, men are inclined to tell the truth only when it serves their own personal benefit or interest. And what Jesus does in this passage is to set forth the original Mosaic teaching, and then the traditional distortion, the rabbinic teaching, and then he restates God's original intent. Matthew 5, again you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Now the words here that are translated vows or oaths or swear are actually two different words with the same basic root meaning. The first word means to perjure oneself or to swear falsely or to make false vows. And the second word means literally to enclose, as with a fence, or to strengthen, or to bind together. Now, isn't that an interesting concept of corralling words? It's as though they were powerful wild animals, horses perhaps, that if they were not corralled would lead to chaos and destruction. 
Now, this statement that Jesus quotes is not actually found in the Old Testament, but it was a teaching of the rabbis, and it was a composition of three verses. They are Leviticus 19.12, Numbers 32, and Deuteronomy 23.21. Let me read them for you now. Mark them and look at them later if you'd like. Leviticus 19.12 reads, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of of your God. I am the Lord. Numbers 32 reads, If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Deuteronomy 23, 21 reads, When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. In fact, if you made an oath, you had forgotten that you'd made it, you realized that you'd made it, you had to come to the altar with a trespass offering as a request for forgiveness for it. Well, we'll come back tomorrow to this exact point in the message and continue on. I hope you can join us. If you miss any of the messages we share here on this broadcast called Verse by Verse, you'll find them on the website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. There's also information about the Highlands Institute, which is an opportunity for you to dig deeper into the Word of God in a quasi-classroom setting. Details are on that website again. It's the Highlands Institute, and the website is highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day. Come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll open the Word of God and study verse by verse.